everybody. This is Britton with Lucid Spiritual, and this is episode three of the Lucid Spiritual podcast. And today I want to talk about judgment and specifically forgiveness and how that is the key, I believe, to altering our perception so that we can see the world with different eyes. And when we see the world with different eyes, we operate at a different level of consciousness. And I truly believe this is the pathway to the world's salvation. I'm, I'm really convinced of this. Not just because I've read a number of books that have kind of tapped into this um, concept quite a bit, but also because I personally have changed this about myself in a major way. I, I look at the world with a much more forgiving and loving perspective than I ever have. Coming from religion, I was so caught up in this idea that there's right and wrong and that there's good and then there's bad. And there's people that are wicked and people that are righteous. And there's the ones over here and then there's the ones over there. And there's the left and the right. And you can see where this just goes. It just goes on and on. And we are constantly labeling. We're constantly, you know, putting each other in boxes and and everyone else around us and and even ourselves, and it's a really sort of um, damning thing to do. And I, I just this is this is something that's really dear to me because I saw how much it was causing me to suffer. I saw how much it was hurting me, and also my relationships, and also like my marriage and, and my children, and like just all of the things that even the relationship with my mother, just so much judgment about all these different things in my life. And I just thought that's what I was supposed to do, you know, figure it out. Like how else are we supposed to go through life without judging things? And so this has been something that was a very um, interesting part of my journey because as soon as I saw like, and I had this moment of clarity when it came to me, but as soon as I saw the world for what it was. It was like all the judgment just disappeared. And I'm not saying like all of it, but just like 80%, right? Like a huge chunk of it just vanished. And I was like feeling so much better inside. And I've tried to live from that moment that, that literally it was just like this change happened to me because I saw the world differently. Um, and, and I was like, oh my God, I've been... I've been doing it all wrong and it was such a it was such a like a impactful moment that I really tried to hold on to this perspective and it hasn't always been easy but uh, it has been very useful and very um uh, uplifting for me and it helps me to kind of walk away from suffering and a lot easier because you know and I've talked about this, I think, in the other two episodes so far, that judgment causes us to suffer. And I'm going to get into a little bit of, of Jesus's teachings on this particular subject later in the episode, but um, it really is our judgments of other people that cause us to really suffer in our own mind. And if you think about it for a minute, I, I, I think you can see how true that is, because it's not it's not like that person's suffering. 
I mean, yeah, it strains the relationship. So in a way they may have an effect from it, but truly you're the one suffering. And that's why like when you forgive, like you're actually healing yourself. (laughs) And when you heal yourself, you heal the world around you because, um, you know, that's a, the universe is reflecting you. And so you see the world differently when you heal yourself. So, um, yeah, so I think judgment is is a huge problem in spirituality. It's not really, it's not really taught. It, it wasn't really taught well in Mormonism for me, in in like the religious concepts. Like it wasn't really taught that this was like a huge error, or stumbling block in our spiritual progression. And so you know, you're you're taught to love everybody, et cetera. But what does that really mean? What does it mean to love somebody? A lot of people have different definitions, and also a lot of people have different definitions of what it means to forgive. But we all know what judgment is. I I just want to share with you a little bit about my experience with seeing judgment in a different way and seeing forgiveness in a different way, and share with you some of the, maybe a story or two about that in my life. Firstly, I want to share this beautiful story by a man named Stephen Covey, who wrote the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, this is a really great book, and I actually really love Stephen Covey's um, work because he focuses not on technical, um, like, what, what I want to say, like, he doesn't focus on, like, you know, the, the stratagem of how to be a good person. He focuses on the fundamentals of how to be a good person. And I think that applies a lot in, in this kind of quest of ours to be spiritual because he always, he, he even talked about like the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, like in his book, I think The Seven Habits, he talked about it, or maybe it was a different book. Um, I read a few of his, but you know, the, the book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, it's a very like, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, the word's escaping me, but basically it teaches you how to say the right things and a little bit of perceiving things in a different way, but really it's about strategy of like how to win friends and influence people. It doesn't focus on the core character of the person. And Stephen Covey, he calls this out in his books. And that was one thing that kind of connected with me because I had read that, I had read uh, Don Carnegie's book and it just, yeah, it didn't, I mean, it was good. But when I read Stephen Covey's like leadership books, I was like, yeah, this is not even closely the same thing. So he wrote another book called, um, I think this was in The Eighth Habit, but I'm not totally certain, so don't quote me on this, but this is what he says. I I found this story uh, on the internet. I'm going to read it to you guys. So Stephen Covey says, I was riding a subway on Sunday morning in New York. People were visiting quietly, reading papers, and resting with eyes closed, It was a peaceful scene, and there was a man there with his children, and they entered the subway car. The man sat next to me and closed his eyes, apparently completely oblivious to his children, who were yelling and throwing things and even grabbing people's papers. So these kids were like really just running around. He says, I couldn't believe he could be so insensitive. Eventually, with what I felt was so unusual, um, sorry, with what I felt was unusual patience, I turned and said, Sir, your children are disturbing people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. So the man lifted his gaze as if he was saw the situation for the first time and said, You're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just 
came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Suddenly, Stephen Covey says, I saw things differently. And because I saw differently, I felt differently. I behaved differently. My irration vanished. I didn't have to worry about controlling my attitude or my behavior. My heart filled with compassion towards this person. Your wife just died? Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? Everything changed in an instant. So in this beautiful story, Stephen Covey talks about how um, his perception totally changed because he was given a little bit of information. And it helped him to understand what was happening in that moment. And I think a lot of how we make judgments in life is because we're lacking the perception that we need to understand what's really happening in, in an event where we feel violated or we feel like something's happened to us, okay? Whether that's, you know, somebody's affected how we feel or somebody's treated me in a way that I feel violated me or I took offense because I don't, I don't agree with something somebody said. Um, and so, you know, all of that is, is how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive the world. We're making, we, we basically built up this whole concept of identity around judgment. And, you know, not all of it's necessarily wrong. Well, I don't even believe in using that word really, but I, I want to say that, you know, there, there's, such, there's such things as observation. And I want to be clear because a lot of people, when we start to get into this concept of judgment, people always ask spiritual leaders, well, how do I, how do I like, get through, how do I get through life without making judgments? And it's because you can make observations. And the difference between like a judgment and an observation is simply how you treat it mentally. So if I can observe something, I can, I can look at it for what it is. But when I judge something, I'm, I'm basically interpreting it through a lens of my worldview. And I'm interpreting it in a way that causes me to put it in a separation from myself. Um, so I'm I'm going to, to call it bad, or I'm going to call it ugly, or I'm going to call it um, evil, or I'm going to call it horrible, or I'm going to call it corrupt, or I'm going to call whatever you want to call it. And when we do that, we, we, we also take a mental stance towards that thing. So that might be usually in a place of against typically with judgment, right? Like somebody does something to you. How could you do that to me? How dare you do that to me? So you're against what they've done, right? Or, if, or worse, you know, if somebody just thinks a certain way, then all of a sudden you're offended because their thoughts. I mean, that if there's anything more horrible than judging someone because of their own mind, I mean, that, that's just ridiculous, right? But yet we do it. We do it all the time. And so... Um, when we create these these um, these kind of pathways of judgment in our mind, we find ourselves separated from everybody and everything because now we can only like and kind of vibrate along the, the same lines of people that don't um, violate our judgments. And those that think and act and do the same things that we do are those that we want to be around, Right. So we're limiting our ability to interact with others automatically when we judge because we're holding in contempt 
certain things about them. And this happens at all levels. It could happen with relationships that are close to you. It could happen with relationships that are far, like political leaders or um, you know, le- CEOs and executives of companies. It could be people across the world. It could be you know, a political party. Um, th- there's all sorts of ways to build judgment up. Um, we do it with strangers, and we do it with, um, with our closest you know, loved ones. Why do we do this? Okay, it's it's all it's all based in the ego. But let's let's back up before I get there. Um, so here we have this beautiful story by Stephen Covey, and he talks about how he changed his perception, and it changed the whole way that he was going to deal with this interaction. And so, going back to the moment that I mentioned earlier, where in my life had a, a sort of a moment, it was almost like a true awakening of about this particular thing, like. There are some times in our life where we may get some insight about something and we correct our action and then we get more insight about something and we correct our action. And that happens in incremental ways. And the only reason why this happens in incremental ways is because we're, um, you know, we're human and we tend to not want to let go of our belief systems very easily. Uh, our belief systems are our ego. And so our ego has a very strong um you know, control, if you will, over our mind because we, we allow it to. And so that ego is really hard to overcome. It's that natural sort of enemy towards spirit because spirit is actually made of pure love and light and it doesn't have, um, it doesn't have judgment. It's unconditional love. And so, but we don't typically associate ourselves with that spirit. We associate ourselves with the ego which is the human nature. Um, so we're building up this um, constant self-defense mechanism through our whole life, and then we begin to, to spew it out in judgment, right? And we judge everything we come across. Oh, man, that animal's horrible. Or how could that dog poop in my yard? I want to kick it. Or this baby screams, and I, I can't stand it. And my wife, you know, at me all day long, and I can't stand her. So we're just, <laughs> we're constantly dealing with all of this and, you know, it, it is hard. Let's be honest, like sometimes you want to just go close off the world because of it, right? The world's horrible. My daughter, who's six years old, has a huge problem with judgment. And it's weird because like, you know, everybody's born with their own thing, you know, own sort of personality and vibration. And and she didn't learn the, these massive judgments from from us, <laughs> even before we left Mormonism. She she just she just did it, you know, because um, because she's in a human body, and she just judges everything. She judges her her every move. She judges her brother. She judges her other brother. She judges herself, and she's always in this agony. It's really interesting. Like we're working through it with her. But and she's only six, so it's kind of weird to see somebody that's so young dealing with such interesting judgments about self. But um, she's she's really struggling, and she constantly gets so offended at something somebody does, or even the way one of her brothers might look at her will just set her off. It's just it's so interesting. And I've been walking her through this and telling her about ego and telling her about judgment and how she can love life if she just loves whatever comes her way. 
and wherever she can find herself. And she doesn't have to like make a judgment about it. She can choose to just ignore it or choose to walk away from it or choose to love it or whatever. There's a lot of options besides reacting. Um, so I'd like to share with you a little bit about, you know, what it's like to be in Mormonism for me, what it was like to be in Mormonism and like how I finally uh, had this insight that just had, had me shift my entire awareness away um, in a moment. Remember I was talking about how we, we kind of change your perception over time in little increments about certain things. Most people, most of us do that, but there's a few times in our life where we might have a paradigm shift and a paradigm shift happens when something connects so deeply with us that we're like, Oh my goodness. And of course we have to drop the ego because the ego, a part of the ego dies in that moment. Um, but when we do, we can have these huge um, breakthroughs in perception. And so, uh, for me, you know, growing up, you're, you're taught uh, so many things about what's quote unquote right and what's wrong. Um, and let's just start with some of the big ones in, in religion. Okay. First of all, sex. Okay. I grew up, of course, being told that sexual relations of any kind with, with a female, um, was sinful. And, you know, obviously, Women in the church or young girls in the church are taught the same thing. Basically, any sexual relationships at all are sinful. Sinful, meaning that God is disdainful, that God disdains it. So if you're doing it, you're, um, you're breaking his commandment, and you're now no longer worthy because they will take things from you, like your temple recommend or your ability to, to participate in um, rituals at the church like sacrament. Um, or they may even take your ability to pray in public away, like within the church. Like they, they take things from you because they don't consider you worthy because God doesn't consider you worthy. So that's really hard because as a young person, you're being told this and your sexual drive is through the roof. Of course, you're going to make mistakes. Most people do. There's very few people that make it through their college year or like teenage years and then through college before they're married that don't, you know, slip up, so to speak, <laughs> and have some sort of sexual interaction with whether they have full sexual intercourse or not is, is one thing, but even the church um, looks down upon any sort of interaction. So if that's just like touching somebody or, you know, whatever, I won't, I won't be explicit with this, but any, and any sexual interaction at all. Um, so I found myself, you know, constantly falling into that problem and I would just feel horrible about it. I would feel so bad. And, of course, this was my programming that was telling me, you're a bad person because you've experienced pleasure. What? That's so weird, isn't it? Like, this body of ours is so amazing, and it can give us this wonderful pleasure. Wonderful pleasure, especially when done in the right context and done in the, and with true, like with an intent, um, it, it can actually be exponentially greater than what is just the kind of the default level. And yet we're told that this is sinful, that God, uh, you know, doesn't want you to do it outside of marriage. And even within marriage, there are certain bounds that the church kind of 
lays out, so to speak. It's not very, it's not in print, uh, but there are many people that tell you certain things that you can and can't do within marriage. Um, and so you're, you, there's a big one right there, right? And so I'm being f- given all this guilt in my life about, I, you know, I, I'm making wrong decisions and so I'm judging myself because I'm not holding myself to a standard. And then, you know, other people that are doing the same thing and maybe you're trying to make a correction in your life and other people, you see them. And so you're, you're thinking, oh man, they're just, they're just living wrong. If they would just change their ways and if they would just stop sinning. So again, just all this judgment's pouring out. And another one is like, you know, uh, in the church is word of wisdom. So this word, the word of wisdom is like, you know, don't drink or, or smoke tobacco. And then they've kind of opened it up more into like uh, illicit drugs and that sort of stuff. And um, I'm not going to say one way or another if these things are good for you or not. I'm just saying that the church perceives them as sinful. Again, something that God disdains and that if you do it, you're not worthy. You're not worthy of some blessing that God wants to give you. But because you've done that, you can't have the blessing. And that's really, really sad too, because you get caught up in that. A lot of people get caught up in drinking um, and, 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 and drugs and things like that. And then they beat themselves up or they just leave the church or they, you know, they kind of go deep into uh, um, addiction with it. And so there's, there's a lot of judgment that exists there. I want to give you an example of like how bad it is in Mormonism, like how they drive like this concept into people's minds of how, just how bad um, it can be um, in, in the eyes of a Mormon. So um, the word of wisdom, which, which also includes, you know, the, the, the alcohol and tobacco and, and drugs, but they've also included um, within it hot drinks, and that's translated to be or interpreted to be like uh, tea and coffee, which is like everyone in the world drinks tea and coffee. Every single person in the world, like of the 7.3 billion or whatever it is, there's probably 7 billion that drink tea or coffee. <laughs> it's everywhere. Um, and this is considered sinful in the eyes of church members, most of them, not all. You know, some, some of them are, are awake enough that they're just like, they just laugh at that. But there are most that, that perceive it that way. And I remember me thinking this, not with tea and coffee so much as just alcohol, but, you know, I was caught up in this as well. Um, but my child who we put into a school that was kind of slanted LDS before we kind of left the church. He um, came home one day and he said, Hey dad, I learned about the three kingdoms of glory today. And I was like, Oh yeah, tell me about that. And he was telling me about the three kingdoms of glory. And I won't go into that right now, but um, he said, yeah. And so, you know, there's the telestial and that's where all the bad people go. And then there's the terrestrial and that's where the kind of okay people go. And then there's the celestial, which is like where God is. And I was like, okay, son. And then he said, and if you drink tea, you go to the telestial kingdom. Okay. And when he said that, I literally just about, uh, my jaw just about dropped. Because, you know, I'm not, I mean, I was judgmental, but there was a limit I had on on things like that. And I had common sense. <laughs> and, um, 
And I, I said, who told you this? And he's like, my teacher, T for Telestial. And so the Telestial kingdom in Mormonism is this place where like murderers and rapists go, like people that are like, quote unquote, evil, but like commit like these grievous acts against other people. And I said, yeah, that's not true at all. Don't believe that. And I immediately corrected him because I didn't want him to like think that at all. And um, I, I sent an email to the school and um, the, the principal was really kind. And he like, he like, he's like, yeah, that's, that's totally wrong. But let, so let me clear it up. And, and he like cleared it up with the teachers and said that we can't be teaching that stuff. So they actually handled it pretty well. But I'm just saying like, there's people in the church that are teaching people this, that teach kids this, and it brainwashes them into to judging everyone around them because everyone's drinking tea and coffee. So um, that's just an example of like how bad judgment can be and like how, how big the wall of separation exists between someone in Mormonism and someone outside of Mormonism. And of course, in Mormonism, everyone outside of Mormonism needs Mormonism. And then when you're in, you're good as long as you're doing everything that you're supposed to do. So it, it, could be, it, it just becomes so burdensome, right? Well, having this life of, and I, and I went on a, uh, an LDS mission where I taught people all these things and taught them that they were commandments and, and um, you know, it was, it was interesting because there, you know, I went to the, I went to, well, I went to Australia, but I was teaching Vietnamese people. So I, I taught Asians a lot of Asians. It wasn't just Vietnamese. It was like, um, all over East Southeast Asia. And so I met, I met a lot of people cause like Australia just got people from all over the, like that area of the world, the Pacific and the East Orient and everything. So, um, I, I would teach these people and they would have a really hard time with the tea thing because man, tea was just like their bread and butter. And, um, we also had to teach them not to worship their ancestors and kind of pray to them and do these altars of incense and stuff to their ancestors because that was idol worship. And so we're just constantly telling them how bad that they of a, of, a, of people they were. And these were like their traditions of like how they honored their ancestors. And looking back on it, I feel horrible. Um, but most of them just never gave it up anyway because <laughs> they just didn't understand. Um so, so yeah, so here we are, um, you know, going through these, these concepts of judgment and trying to um, navigate this in our mind. And what, what we're really doing is we're, we're putting a judgment of how I should act, how the self should act. And um, because, because of the way that the universe works, whenever I do something towards me, um, I'm always good. Whenever I judge myself, I'm also going to do that to the to the rest of the world. I'm going to judge the rest of the world the same way. And a lot of people stop right here and say, no, 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 I don't do that. I, I can judge myself and not others. And it's just not true. You just can't do it. You can't separate the two because there's no separation. So whatever you try to hide within you, you're going to see outside. And whatever you send out comes back to you. So um, there's no getting around this. If you judge yourself, you're judging everyone else too. And, you, and you'll do it subconsciously. You won't do it necessarily consciously, but you're going to be doing it subconsciously. Um, so judgment creates a huge wall between people. And um, recently, having left the church and announced that to my family, 
I have had a mixed response for sure. Um, and there's a couple of siblings of mine in particular that really struggle with this, with me being uh, no longer like associated with the church or kind of having left it. And I've had long conversations with both of them that, well, all, actually there's more than two, but two in, in particular that I've had very long conversations with. And they, no matter what I tell them, they just want to tell me how wrong I am. And so this creates a huge divide. And so I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, deal with this. And, and the best thing I can come up with is forgiveness. And when we forgive people for the way that they treat us, and mind you, in these conversations, you know, I've been told I'm crazy, um, I'm illogical, which may be true. Um, I, I'm, you know, I don't make sense. Um, I'm wrong. You know, they're worried for my soul because I'm going to go to a bad place. And that I even, I even told my brother, one of them, I said, you know, I, I feel closer to spirit. I feel closer to God than I ever have in my life. And I'm not living the the way that the church is teaching me to live. And he says back to me, well, you may think you are, but you're not. <laughs> so, you know, like, so yeah, leaving your religion, leaving your tradition is going to bring a hellstorm of judgment upon you. And it's funny because like I've heard that, I heard that from so many people when they left the church and I never experienced it firsthand until I did. And then I, I, I'm experiencing it now. I'm in the process of experiencing it. It's not over. This is, this is a road that still will be traveled for probably many years. Um, but the hellstorm comes down and people, they don't want, like my, my brother doesn't want his kids around my kids. You know, um, one of my, one of my, my girl said something that, you know, was her overheard by, my my brother's wife and now they're like uh we don't want your kids around like there's just so much judgment you know and um and and again this judgment just continues to separate us that's all it does it it really serves no purpose other than to create separation so um the path that we need to find is forgiveness and as we forgive um we we just accept and love what's going on and how, we look at it with the eyes of of God so God sees everything with unconditional love and this is this is actually like this is a really hard concept because unconditional love means when we when he sees like a murderer or a rapist or someone that bullies another physically or steals um steals one's money stills one's wife, stills one's husband, like all these things are, you know, we, we would consider them pretty darn um, big violations, if you will, to use, you know, the lack of a better word. Um, th- these are violations against us that we could, you know, we can feel like they're violations against us. But God sees everybody with unconditional love eyes. And that that is a a really hard thing to do because 
it takes uh, it takes the entirety of of our you know being to drop the ego enough so that we can we can really see everyone as who they are which are everyone's sick everyone's do if if somebody was in their right mind they wouldn't do those things and so then we have to realize that we're sick and that we need healing and so if we need healing oh yeah everyone else does too and everyone's sick so we should see the world like that and and that's not that's not judgmental that's an observation of reality they're very different because when i see myself as sick and i see everyone else also needing the same um healing then i can have i can have love and peace towards anyone committing any act you know like um we can see that the judgment that say my siblings are giving me and i can say you know it's just that they see the world in the way i used to see the world they see the world in this way of you know god picks and choose who he's going to love and god um god uh you know thinks that there's righteous and wicked and 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 will send people off into an eternal sort of lesser space if you will because of their actions and so this no longer becomes this challenge it has to not be in your mind a challenge of wrong and right because that wrong or right attitude will always lead you down the path of judgment you have to have unconditional love that just means that there is no wrong or right Oh, but Britain, what does that mean? Well, I said in my first episode, so in a way, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be invited here to maybe consider a different experience of life. And that is that everyone's going to the same place. We're all headed to the same place. We just might get there in different ways. So when we can see that and we can really truly understand that and accept that then this the, the judgments turn into observations and we can let go of of them through forgiveness. I mean the only reason why we we resist that anyways because again those defense mechanisms of being violated or how could you think that way or say that thing or and these are all expectations of how people should behave um we're just continuing to project our own self onto the world and so really your judgments are just yourself they're just projections of you and so you're constantly seeing you out there you're constantly seeing yourself there's really just not any other way to see it because if as soon as you become fully unconditional love you're never going to see an, an an act that is per, you know an evil quote unquote evil or negative act you're never going to perceive that as wrong you're just going to see it for what it is that everyone's doing their absolute best in their state of consciousness and and then you just forgive them and love them and realize that they need healing and want to help them so an act of ill against you now becomes an opportunity to 
understand yourself and them. Hey, it's not easy, but it, 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 it is a higher path of living, and it's also a path of less suffering. And as you change your vibration and you raise it up to have this perception of, of non-judgment towards the world and towards all things that are happening in the world, then you can, you can obtain, and this is where I think ultimately the yogis are teaching, is you can obtain Christ consciousness. Um, so I want to quickly read a scripture to you. And, you know, it's what Jesus taught about judge, judgment. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to talk about a little bit about forgiveness. Okay. So this scripture comes from the New Testament in Matthew. It's, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about, um, he, he's just talking about a lot of different things. And he says, he says, judge not that ye be not judged. Again, the reflection, right? That reflective principle that I've mentioned so many times. The universe is showing us to ourselves. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured unto you again. He's not necessarily talking about like some last day judgment um, where you stand arrayed at the bar of God and God's like, you're, you did this and you said that. And so but you're going to judge yourself. You always judge yourself. And then that judgment is, is going to come back immediately because of the reflective property of the universe. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So, Jesus was a yogi. He, he spent about 14 years in India learning uh, yogic teachings and practicing yoga and union. That's why he talks about, you know, in the last podcast I mentioned the yoke. His yoke is easy, easy and his burden is light. Jesus is, um, and, and this, this script, set of scriptures actually brings out that in a lot of different ways. But one of the ways um, is this I that he's talking about and, and, and these these passages, the eye, the spiritual eye, or the third eye. Notice he doesn't say eyes. He's not talking about the physical eye. He's talking about spiritual eye, the, the third eye, the chakra, the sixth chakra, the energy center within your energy body that sits within the, uh, the, the brain um, slightly behind and between the eyebrows. And this energy center is a, the, the concept of the third eye is a spiritual perception. Okay? So when we perceive as the spirit would perceive, we perceive with no judgment. Because God doesn't judge. He just loves. And so when we try, as soon as we start judging, the only reason we're doing it is because we've got something in that eye. We're blocking the energy to flow properly through that energy center of our spirit, soul, our self. And that is what he's talking about here. So he says, first, you're going to see, you've got a, you're a hypocrite. The only reason why you're judging is because you've got a beam in your eye. You can't see clearly. And you need to pull that beam out. 
And then when you see it clearly, oh, then you realize there's just a moat in that other guy's eye. And using the principles of correct thinking and interaction, which is to not go preach to that person, but to offer love and unconditional unconditional love and support, you can become the teacher to help cast the moat out of thy brother's eye. So I love that teaching because Jesus is really, he's teaching like a, like a perfect yogi would teach and talking about the energy body. And so I just love that. So, um, you know, and, and there's other teachings that all that have to do with judgment, but I think that's just a really, really good one. And so, um, I, I know this episode's about forgiveness and we've talked almost entirely about judgment up till now. Um, but we have, we can't forgive until we understand what we're truly trying to forgive. And so it's super important to understand why we, why forgiveness is, is a thing at all. And it's because we've constantly built this incorrect, false perception of reality up using the ego. And now we perceive the world completely incorrectly. But once we decide to love and forgive, and, and, and the forgiveness I'm talking about unlocks you from seeing, it, it's part of the process of casting that beam out of, out of thy, your spiritual eye. You take the you you take the beam out by loving self and other selves, and and you do that through forgiveness. It's it's a conscious act. It's not the act of just being like, okay, well, okay, I'm not going to hold it against you. That's not it. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is a total reversal of the act of judgment. It's the opposite of judgment. It is the acceptance of the the self or other self that has made the offense, quote unquote, and bringing them into your um, understanding in that context and loving them for who they are. This doesn't mean that you have to like just let them treat you badly. That's, that's not where I'm going here. It just means that you understand and accept them for who they are and where they're at in their path going to the same place you are. And this is where, I kid you not, I had the biggest breakthrough in my spiritual life. And I saw, it was like this moment of clarity where I said, oh my God, the diversity is the beauty. The, the fact that everybody worships and follows their heart in a different way, it's okay. It's okay. And that may lead some people to do things that we don't necessarily agree with. It may even lead people to do violent things. It may lead people to, to do ugly things. But those things aren't, um, they're not wrong and they're not evil. I know that's, that one's really hard. You know, like it's, it's a really hard one to to accept because, you know, you immediately, we all want to run to the extreme. But, um, if you just, if you just sit with it for a minute and realize that that person is, is you, that person is the same as you, right? They're on the same path as you, you know, whether it's Hitler 
or the guy that sexually abused you when you were young or whatever, your, your dad that beat you, your mother that uh, emotionally abused you, it, it doesn't matter because they're acting out of their best given their state of consciousness. So to walk the higher road, to walk the road towards enlightenment is to love the world and love everybody in it. And I'm not saying don't don't try to change it. Like we should all follow our values, the things that we believe in and we're passionate about and make the change. But don't hate people along the way and certainly don't try to exclude them just because they think differently than you. Because actually they could be your ally. They could help change that thing that you want to change. Um, they just We just all need to see each other in the same way. I always say this, like in, in politics, um, people are so angry and have so much a- energy and passion and almost hatred about you know politics. And, oh, you're in that party? Well, pff, I don't even want to fucking hear another word you're saying because... You already, I already have my, all my judgments, you know, like you just, it just immediately closes off the conversation. But if we just sit and listen to what people are really trying to say and have a true heart to heart, we're going to all find out we want the same thing. Now we may want to go about it the same, uh, different ways, but we do want the same thing. And, and ultimately that is that we want people to be taken care of. We want, we, we want people to. Um, have an opportunity to be free and make their own decisions and be responsible for their own choices. Everybody wants that. I really truly believe there may be a few people that just don't, but most everybody in this country and around the world, just they want happiness for everyone else and they want freedom from themselves and other people. They're just caught up so much in the political ideologies and the political debates that they've lost focus of, of their true self and they have lost focus of the of what their their true heart re- really wants. Um, so anyway, forgiveness is the great key, and I'm going to talk more about how forgiveness actually propels us forward in our spiritual evolution, um, and and not not just one way of stopping us because judgment damns us, right? Judgment blocks us, and by releasing judgment, we can see the world in a different way. But forgiveness unlocks a lot of the old karma. And um, we'll talk about that in another episode. But just practice forgiveness, if you will. Like find something that you can, you can um, find some, something or someone or some event that happened in your life that, you know, that you aren't sure maybe if you've released everything on. And what I've done, I'll just tell you what I did. Um, and this really helped me. And I'll, I'll share an experience with you. As I, I was meditating this one time, and I was thinking about this particular um, event in my life and multiple events around this particular person. And I, I just started meditating. I was like, ah, I have, I have some, some old uh, judgment I'm holding on to about this person. And so I, I gathered it all together. I found all of it. And I just said, you hurt, you know, this is my meditation. I just said, you hurt me in all these different ways. And it really caused me pain. 
and I was sad and I didn't understand it. And I gathered all that energy together and I felt it. I just relived it all. And then I said, and I, but I forgive you. I forgive you and I love you. It's okay. I understand now. And that was a very freeing moment, just that one practice. And we can do this in little things or big things, but that night when I was sleeping, and I don't, rem- I don't remember my dreams very much, but that night this person came to me in my dream and they sat down. We were at a table talking and they just started crying and said, I'm so sorry, I'm trying my best. And that was it. It was a simple message. But it, it, was, it was so meaningful to me because here, it was, here I was practicing this forgiveness and their spirit reached out to me and communicated back about the, the sorrow that I had been experienced due to these decisions. So that was my experience. And I, and I know that like it's a, it's a really useful practice in our spiritual evolution, if you will. I could just, um, I can just feel, you can just feel love when you forgive somebody. It's a, it's a really powerful thing. Well, thanks for joining me today on, on talking about um, judgment and forgiveness. And um, I hope you'll see the world with different eyes today and, and maybe try to see those offenses that were made against you for what they really were. Have a great day. Hey there, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Lucid Spiritual Podcast. I'd love to hear from you and answer any questions you may have, or if you'd like to share your story for others to hear right on my podcast, drop me a line by visiting my website at lucidspiritual.com or email me at love at lucidspiritual.com. Let's wake up the world together. Have a blessed day.